How are we doing today, guys? You doing good? All right? I'm excited to start a brand new series today called You Ask For It, for it and we'll jump into that in just a minute. But before we do, uh, I do want to look into the camera and welcome all those joining us online, along with all the men and women joining us in our correctional ministry, whether you're in one of the 400 prisons throughout our country, in the Belize Central Prison, in the country of Belize, or right in our own backyard at the Correction Center of Northwest Ohio. We want you to know we love you. We believe in you. We're praying for for you. We're with you. Come on, D-Town. Let me welcome our church family today. So good. So good. Well, we are jumping into our new series uh, called You Asked For. And really kind of the big idea behind this series is we wanted to hear from you. What are you dealing with? What, are, what things are you facing in your everyday life? And what do we need to talk about that we're not talking about? And then uh, what does the Bible have to say about some of those things that we are facing? And so that's what this whole series is, is all about. And we kind of stole this uh, from Jesus, just so you know. Many of the, the uh, sermon content that Jesus preached in the Bible were answers to the questions that the people and the crowd were asking. And so that's what we're doing in this series. And we sent out a survey uh, over Easter weekend and we heard from hundreds of you. And so we're gonna take the next five weeks and uh, answer your top five questions. And we're gonna start things off today by answering one of your top questions. And that is, how do I hear God's voice? Anybody asking that today? How do I hear God's voice? And to kind of unpack this and answer this, I want to study a story in the Bible with the prophet Samuel, who was an incredible man of God. But I want to take a look at the very first time Samuel heard God's voice. And so let's read the story in its entirety, and then we'll kind of unpack and see what God can speak to us. No pun intended, or maybe a little pun intended. First Samuel chapter Chapter 3, verses 1 through 11 says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Anybody ever felt like that? Like hearing God's voice just seems rare. He seems distant. And hopefully we can change that today. It goes on to say that there were not many visions. And, and one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And then he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed, son, and lie down. And so he went and lay down. And again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, which is the equivalent of using like a middle name, parents, you know what I'm talking about? Like, Chase William, my son, Eli said, I did not call you, go back and get into bed and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And the Lord, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to Samuel. Then a third time, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And so Eli told Samuel, gave him some amazing advice, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. 
And so Samuel went and lay down in his place and the Lord came stood and stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Now, I don't know about you, but I didn't even know that God uses the word tingle. But as we answer this question, man, how do we hear God's voice? It's important to understand kind of a, a key thought for today's message, not in your notes, but it's simply this. And that is that God wants to speak to us. It's important that when we start talking about how do we hear God's voice, that we believe this truth and this reality that God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to us. And I think it's important to remind us today that here at Experience Church, we believe that God's alive, that he's active, that he's working, that he's engaged in our lives, that he wants to have a relationship with us, and that God wants to speak to each and every one of us. This is a foundational truth. And how many of us know if we don't think that God wants to speak to us, we're going to have a hard time hearing his voice. God wants to speak to us, and, and there are several ways that he does it, but I, I think a lot of people, especially early on in my journey with God, I especially wanted this to be true, I wanted to hear the audible voice of God, because I just thought, man, if I heard the audible voice of God, then I would have an easier time doing what God wanted me to do. Like, then I would know that is God, he is telling me, then I would actually maybe even do it, right? But, but we can think that we'd have an easier time doing it, but, but that's actually not necessarily the case because as we read throughout Scripture, the people that God spoke in an audible voice to, they actually were more confused after God spoke to him, them than they were before them. Like think of Adam and Eve. When they heard God's voice, what did they do? They hid, right? When, when Moses heard God's voice, he debated with God. No, I can't. Nope, that won't work. Nope, I don't have what it takes. Nope, God. Right, Gideon, when he heard God's audible voice, he argued with God too. When Jonah heard God's voice, he ran in the opposite direction of where God was calling him to go. Right? So a lot of people in scripture, when they heard God's audible voice, they actually had an even more difficult time doing what God said. Now, don't get me wrong, I still, I still wanna hear the audible voice of God. I've always kind of imagined, like, what would it sound like? I kind of think it'd be like James Earl Jones, uh, who played Darth Vader in the Star Wars movies. Like, Luke, I am your father. Have you ever done that, the fan? Who has it? I've done that. I still do it, just so you know. So I, I don't know what it, would, what it would sound like, but I imagine it would be something like that. But it's important for us to understand that just because maybe we would hear the audible voice of God, that doesn't mean we're going to have more faith. But the truth is, man, God wants to speak to each and every one of us, and he speaks to us in different ways. Probably the most foundational way that God would speak to us would be through the truth of his word, the Bible. How many of us know this is the foundation to hearing God's voice? And a lot of people want to hear God's voice, but they don't really know what God has already said in his word. And so it's really important that we, we read the Bible so that we can understand the heart of God, know how, know how God has spoken other occasions, and be more sensitive to hearing his voice in our lives. 
But one of the ways that God speaks through me is through impressions. Anybody else? Like the Holy Spirit will nudge me or the Holy Spirit will caution me or the Holy Spirit will even, even stop me from doing something. And I will listen to those impressions. Uh, another way that God speaks is through dreams and, and visions. And how I many of the Bible says that uh, old, old men will dream dreams, young men will see visions. And uh, I've had one uh, awakening vision in my life. Hope that doesn't freak you out, but it happened to me, so I'm going to tell you about it. But um, it was kind of like a daydream, and, and I'll never forget. It, it was only saved maybe six months, and I was in my prayer time praying, and all of a sudden I had this vision, this daydream. I knew it was from God, and I had this picture of being on a battlefield, much like Braveheart. That's how God speaks to me, uh, Braveheart scenes. And, and I was getting ready to go into battle, and I was standing next to like, like the, 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 the biggest, baddest soldier we had on our team. Like he was, he was five feet taller than anybody else. His sword was four feet longer than anybody else's sword. I mean, he was ripped up. And uh, I, just knew, I just knew in the vision that this was Jesus. And I remember him looking at me and looking at his face and it was blurry. I couldn't see his face. And I remember him just speaking something to me, even though I didn't hear anything in the vision. I remember him speaking to me during the battle, stay next to him during the battle, because if the enemy starts to overwhelm me, he can protect me and take care of me. But if I wander off during the battle and the enemy starts to overwhelm me, he's not going to be able to protect me. And even though maybe I've not always uh, lived by that advice, I've never forgotten that vision. And that happened 23 years ago. I had that encounter with God and I can remember where I was, the time of day it was, exactly my posture and position because God spoke to me. And how many of us know when God speaks, it changes everything. And God also speaks to us through prayer. Like when we, we just get alone with God and we spend time with God and we, we get around God and we pray and we, we seek God. How I many the more we seek him, the louder his voice gets and the clearer his voice becomes. God also speaks to us through people, through community. That's why we're big on small groups around here, serving together, like, like getting around some other people to encourage us, to speak a word over us, just to be there for us. Uh, I was at a men's conference about a month or so ago and uh, it was in Alabama, but one of my friends from Houston, Texas was up visiting and he's just a, someone I highly respect, someone who has encouraged me and, and spoke words into my life. And I was sharing with him some struggles I was facing and just some uh, difficulties I was going through. And I'll just never forget, he had this, he just had this response. He said, oh yeah, that's, just, that's not that big a deal. And I was like, yeah, it is. Like I'm going through something like that. But, but in that moment, just the way he responded, God spoke through him. And he didn't even know what he said, but it was almost like in that moment, God was saying, it's not as big a deal as you're making it out to be. That I'm with you, I'm walking through it with you, I'm going before you, like you can have some peace. And I told him, I go, you don't even know what you just said. Like God just spoke through you in that moment and gave me a peace and a different perspective than I had before. I know God speaks through people. God also speaks through the preaching of his word, which is why it's so important for us to sit under the voice of a pastor. And I think the struggle that, that all of us can have in this journey of wanting to hear God's voice is, man, I, I want to hear God's voice, but how do I know that it is God's voice? How do I know that's God's voice and not just the burritos I ate last night, right? <laughs> like, how do we know if it's God's voice or, or, or if that's just what I want to hear? 
How do we know that God is speaking to us? I'm so glad that you asked this question because if we find ourselves in that place of wanting to hear God's voice but not sure what to do or how to do it, today I want to give us four things that we can do to hear God's voice from Samuel's story. And so let's just jump right into it. The first thing, if you're taking notes, that we can do to hear God's voice is number one, is to get under authority. Get under authority. We see this in the, in the story, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. It simply says, the boy, Samuel, ministered before the Lord under Eli. I love this picture that Samuel ministered to God under his authority, his spiritual authority, Eli. And because Samuel was under authority, he was in a great place and a great position to hear God's voice. And so if we find ourselves in that place today of wanting to hear God's voice, we have to get under authority. We also need to remember that Jesus is the king of kings. How many of us know Jesus sits on the throne all by himself? We like to say around here, there is no one above him. There is no one beside him. Man, he is the king above all kings, right? There is no one like our God. Well, just so we know, God, obviously Jesus being the king of kings, he established a kingdom. Sometimes this can be hard for us to understand, especially in our Western culture, our democracy, because how many of us know nobody voted God into office? He created the office, right? He, he, he has a different way of doing things. And so when God speaks, he expects obedience and submission. Parents, you ever done this with your kids? Like when I tell them to do something, I just expect, they don't do it, but I just expect, like I said it, clean your room. Like have you, I like to use this phrase as a parent. I'm just gonna give some one-liners out today. It's really what I do. I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. I get pretty intense with my kids when I do that. Like somehow you think that you needed to respond to what I was telling you. The only response I need from you is to go do what I'm telling you to do. I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. That's a great picture of God. Now God's a kind God, God's a compassionate God, God's a loving God, but there's still some expectations with God. He's the king of the kingdom. So when a king gives an order and we're still standing there, he's going, hey, uh, need something? <laughs> right? He expects obedience and submission. And what I've discovered about God, maybe you have too, is that God is a God of order. And he works through leadership. He works through people. And when we get under the voice of a leader, our, our life starts to get better and we start to grow spiritually. Why? Because it's how God set it up. It's how God designed it. What I've also discovered is one of the clearest ways that God will speak to us is when we simply get under a leader that God has placed over us. And spiritual authority is just... Is something that's not talked enough about today in 2023. We don't talk enough about it in the church. And I, and I, I think about it as I, as I just was thinking through my own life. Man, God, outside of God's word, God has spoken more to me through my spiritual authority than any other way. And every one of us needs a voice of a leader in our life. 
Somebody that we're accountable to. Someone that can speak into our lives. I like to say sometimes, someone who holds the shut up card. Does anybody have that? Like, I'm going to play it right now. Shut up. Stop talking. I have something to say to you. And when I say that, we joke around about it. But someone that when they speak, we do listen. Because we hold them in this place. Because we're under their authority. I know they love me. I know they hear from God. I know they're godly. I know that they're they're more mature than me. And I have willingly placed myself underneath their authority. I have authority. I just want you to know today, I'm a man in authority, but I'm a man under authority. I have mentors that I submit to. I just had a two-hour call with one of my mentors on Friday where I'm telling him he's grilling me. It's not even a fun call. I don't even like calling him sometimes. But he's drilling me. Like, what's going on? How's your marriage? How's your, how's your family? How's your priorities? How's your time? How many know it's not always fun, but it, I, it, I need it. I'm a man in authority, but I'm a man under authority. We need someone that can correct us someone that can encourage us and someone who can challenge us. And so the question I want to ask all of us today is, who are we submitted to? Who who have we placed ourselves underneath? Or are we just going through life winging it, trying to... You know, what's crazy is, I don't know about you, but I grew up playing sports, and I always had a coach. I always had a mentor. I always had someone who was helping me get better. I was always someone who could point out how I was doing something wrong, encourage me, challenge me. And I mean, if I'm going to have a coach to teach me how to throw a baseball, how about I have a coach to teach me how to be a Christian, how to honor God with my life, how to be a husband, how to be a father, right? I spent a lot of time on baseball fields and football fields and on wrestling mats, people telling me how to do. Oh, come on now. I'm not the only one. Why wouldn't I have someone to come over alongside of me and be over me to help me be the best man I can be, right? The best father I can be, the best husband. All right, I'll get off that soapbox. It's just kind of crazy, isn't it? Especially, maybe it's just me because I, I have kids that are in sports and we spend a ton of time coaching and on fields and all the hours we go through. Here's how you swing a golf club. Here's how you swing a baseball. Here's how you throw this. I, hours and hours. And all of a sudden we get out of sports and we just stop getting coached. No, God's calling us back to spiritual authority because there's a blessing in it. It's just so often, it's how God works. It's, it's the power of getting under authority that, that we wouldn't just submit to what we want, but we would submit to what we actually need. And maybe, just, just maybe, I'm going to throw it out there. Maybe the reason why some of us are having a hard time hearing God's voice is because we have not gotten under spiritual authority. The reason maybe we haven't got past our, our pride is because we haven't gotten under someone who can tell us like it is. Maybe the reason why we haven't gotten over our fears because we haven't gotten under the counsel of faith or the reason we we keep having these relationship issues is because we haven't gotten under someone who can say, no, no, you're not going to do that. You're not going to go out with them. You're not going to move in with them. You're not going to keep pursuing that, that toxic relationship. Who has authority over our lives? And I really um, had this, the, 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 this reality of how much authority is a blessing in our lives. Back when I first became a Christian, many of you know, I went through a program called Teen Challenge, just Christian alcohol and drug rehab. And I went to a program that was men 18 and older, and I learned a lot about spiritual authority in that program. Whether I wanted to or not, I was going to learn about it. And uh, when you come to the end of that program, they do something uh, that they call a seven-day pass. 
It's about a month before you complete the program. And the whole idea of it is for you to go back, spend a week with your family, maybe uh, reconcile some things and, and have God restore maybe some broken relationships. And the other thing is to maybe see what were you strong at in, in your faith, uh, where, what things maybe you might need to still work on before you graduate. That way, when you go back for the last month, you can kind of focus your efforts on those things. Well, uh, I went to Teen Challenge in uh, South Dakota, which I refer to as reverse hell in winters. I mean, it was so cool. Guys, we had to plug our cars in. I never even heard of that being from Kansas. And literally one, it got so cold that my, the, the uh, air pressure on my tires was a little low and my tires froze with a flat part in it. And so when I got in the car to, to drive it, I had this like bump every time that would come around until the tires warmed. Yeah, how many of us cold? That's stupid cold. I don't even know what we're doing. Why do people live there? I don't know. Anyways, I lived in the frozen tundra, so when I was planning my seven-day pass, I really had two options. I could go visit my, my grandparents in Kansas City, Missouri, Papa and Nana, who, who I believe prayed me into the kingdom. They were such a godly couple uh, and just loved me through all my mess. And, and then I had the other option of going to visit my other grandma uh, in West Palm Beach, Florida, who had a condo on the beach. Hello, Jesus. Come on, somebody. <laughs> And so uh, my mother grandma wasn't, wasn't a believer. She was awesome, but wasn't a follower of Jesus. And so the Kansas City would have been maybe a little bit of a better environment, but um, I just had the beach on my mind. And so I was like, I'm going to go to the beach. And so I'm making plans and preparations to go on this seven-day pass to Florida. And my spiritual authority comes to me and says, you know, we've been praying about it. And we really think that you should go to Kansas City not Florida. We think not only, not just because it's going to be a better environment for you, but we just, man, we're, as we've been praying, we just feel like God's going to do something special on that week pass. And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't feel that at all. When I've been praying about it, I've been feeling like beach, sunshine, warmth, speedo. That's what I'm thinking at. <laughs> and, uh, and honestly, I was like, I, I, was, I was hating it. I didn't want to go. I want to go to Florida. I don't want to go to Kansas City. It's cold. And, and, uh, but I just remember thinking, man, these are my spiritual authority. This is my spiritual authority. I'm submitted to them. So even though I don't like what they're saying, even though I don't understand what they're saying, even though there's a part of me that doesn't even agree with it, I'm going to place myself under their authority and listen to what they say. So I went to Kansas City um, and, and visited my grandparents, and lo and behold, that was the last time I got to see my grandparents alive, because two months later, they both passed away within a week of each other, which makes a lot of sense if you would know them. There's no way you could have taken Papa home from the hospital without Nana. They were just such one flesh. Anybody have some grandparents or parents like that? You just cannot imagine one without the other. That was Papa and Nana. But in this week-long past, see, they had prayed for me for all these years, loved on me for all these years, and now they got to see me as a Christian, saved, changed, delivered, free. And we had some sweet conversations about Jesus, conversations I'll never forget. We had some sweet moments praying together. Not only that, but on that week, long past, uh, I visited a church where a pastor invited me to intern, uh, to be an intern after I got out of Teen Challenge, which I did. And while I was interning at that church, another pastor introduced me to my wife, Justina. 
And then while I was in, interning as well on that, in that church, another pastor came to me one day and looked at me and said, have you ever thought about full-time ministry? Because there's a call on your life. And I'm in ministry today because of that church. And so I look back. I wasn't able to connect the dots in the moment. But as I look back, a lot of things come out of this one week where I was listening to my spiritual authority and went to Kansas City instead of Florida. And I often wonder what my life would have looked like if I wouldn't have submitted myself under spiritual authority. There's a blessing in it. God has destined it. And so if we're waiting to hear God's voice, man, let's get under authority. The second thing that we can do to hear God's voice is number two, is to align ourselves with God. God. Now, as we talk about hearing God's voice, uh, something that, that I've learned when it comes to communication is that it's not so much what you say, but how you say it, like your tone of voice, your body language. And in fact, I'm just curious, but how many married couples, your, your spouse uh, communicates sometimes without saying anything? Anybody? How many of us, your spouse has the look? Like, my wife, Justina, will give me the look. And you know the look. I know the look. She gives a look to a lot of people that they don't know, but I know what she's doing. I know the look. And every time she gives me, she doesn't give it to me often, like maybe once a day, one every, once every other day. But every time she gives it to me, I'm always thinking to myself, is she still upset? Or is this something new? <laughs> but I don't ask. I don't want to stir the pot any more than it already is. I just back away. I just back away. Babe, I got to go cut the grass. We don't even have a lawnmower, but I'm just, I'm going out. But when we talk about communication, like the, the nonverbal cues, we could say, and have you ever been talking to somebody and they just are on their phone? I hate that. I do that, but I still hate it when they, somebody does it to me, Right? Seriously, this is such a true story. I told that story first service, and after, afterwards, uh, my wife just goes, you do that to me. I go, well, I'm not telling anybody I do that. I just don't like it when you do it to me, right? Or, or have you ever talked, been talking to somebody, and they look past you? Are they here right now if they do that? Point at them. I'm just saying. But what are they communicating that we're not aligned right now? I'm, I'm, too, I'm busy with, I'm preoccupied with something else or I'd rather be over there. We're not aligned with what we are talking about. And I just was thinking that if we talk about aligning ourselves with God, the best way that we can align ourselves with God or even communicate with one another is to remove the hindrances. Put the phone down. Look the other person in the eye. Don't we teach this to our kids? When you're talking to an adult, you, look, you stand up. Anybody else do this besides me? Like my kids would be playing Xbox or something. Uh, somebody stops by the house, put the X controller down, stand up, look them in the eye, pay attention, remove the hindrances so that I can align myself with what they're saying. This is what we need to do with God. And this is what Samuel does with God in our story. First Samuel chapter three, verses one through two says, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, the priest, whose eyes were becoming uh, so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. As we study this story, I want us to see the contrast between Eli, the priest, and Samuel. Okay? We see here that the, the, the word of the Lord had become rare in those days. 
Now, the reason why the word of the Lord had become rare was because if you go back and you read the previous chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 2, Eli, who was a priest during that time, he had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Don't ask me how they chose those names. And both of those boys, both of those sons, lived reckless lives. They weren't great sons. They didn't make good choices. They worked in the temple. And what they would do is when people would bring sacrifices to offer to God, they would take the sacrifices and they would take the best parts of the sacrifices for themselves that were supposed to be for God. How many of us know it is never a good idea to steal from God? But they did. Not only that, but they had inappropriate relationships with girls in the temple. And God's, God was heartbroken as a result. Like he was brokenhearted because of their sin. And, and if you were going to be a prophet, if you were going to hear God's voice, especially in that day, but in our day too, then you couldn't have anything in, in your life that was hindering you between your relationship with God and hearing his voice. You, you couldn't have anything that was between you and God. Does that make sense? And so Eli, even though Eli was a good man, he went and he confronted his sons and he rebuked them, but he did not remove them from the temple. In other words, he still placed his family above God. How many of us know our priorities have to be God, marriage, family or kids, career? And we see Eli, he just loved his son so much that even in their sin, he put them first above God because their sin, they shouldn't have not only been rebuked for their sin, they should have been removed from the temple. But the moment Eli decided not to remove them from the temple was the same moment God stopped speaking to him. And we see the Bible tells us that Eli's eyes had become weak. Now this, this would be speaking to his physical eyes that he'd almost, he's going blind. But the text, if you study it and really dive into it, all, every scholar uh, agrees that this text is also referring to something deeper, that this man had lost vision. This man had lost direction. It wasn't just physical sight. It was also his spiritual sight too. Therefore, the, the scripture told us that he slept in his usual place. In other words, it's the same old, same old. I'm just going through the motions, doing the same old thing, coming to church, singing a couple songs, hearing an incredible message, going to lunch, but nothing looks different on Monday. Nothing operates differently on Tuesday. It's the same old Wednesday. It's just the usual place. So we see Eli puts his family above God, and as a result, God left him. God stopped speaking to him. This is so important as we talk about aligning ourselves with God if we want to hear God's voice. So let's, the story goes on to tell us, though, this contrast between Eli and Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Now we're talking about Samuel. It says, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. This lamp would have burned all night long. Then they would have blown it out in the morning time. So we see the fact that the lamp is still burning. The fire is still lit. So it would have been late into the midnight hour. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Then the Lord spoke to Samuel. Now, this is an important part of the story because 
Oftentimes, if you're anything like me, I, I go straight to verse four when God spoke to Samuel. Like, that's the good stuff. That's what I'm here. I want to hear God's voice. Why don't I go to ver, ver, verse four when God spoke to Samuel? But we can't skip verse three and notice what Samuel is doing. Because before God speaks to him, before he heard God's voice, remember, he's under authority. And then notice what we just read. He's not sleeping in his usual place like Eli was, but instead he laid down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. And the ark was the very place where God's presence dwelt. In other words, he wanted to make sure there was nothing in between him and God. I got to get so, I got to get as close to God as I possibly can. I want to hear God's voice. So I'm going to remove the hindrances. I'm removing anything else and I'm, I'm aligning myself up with God. How many of us know, I'm not really, I mean, sin separates us from God. We know that that's, pre, that's pretty basic. Like if there's, if there's sin in our lives, if we're openly sinning, how many know it's, it's going to quiet God's voice. I, oftentimes I think God speaks. It's just oftentimes I don't think we're, we're listening or we, we don't hear his voice. And so sin can, can obviously separate us from God. But th th that's a very basic thing. At the same time, I'm not even talking about sin. I was just thinking how much time do we spend putting ourselves in places that are misaligned with God or hanging out with people who aren't aligned with God. And we spend more time in those places and around those people. And then we wonder, man, why can't I hear God's voice? Why isn't his voice loud like it used to be? Well, maybe just take a step back and look about where I'm going and who I'm hanging around because our environments and the people we spend time with affect those areas. I got to align myself up with God. This is a critical piece to hearing God's voice. And it's why we come to church every week, right? So I can put myself in a, in a place to hear God, right? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'll build my faith. That's why, that's why we get up and we come serve. I mean, the, the church isn't a building we, we go to. It's a family we belong to. And so I'm not just going to go and, 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 and get something. I'm going to give something today. I'm going to go serve. I'm going to stand in a parking lot. I'm going to open a door. I'm going to stand on stage. I'm going to work a camera. I'm going to be in kids, loving on some of these babies, speaking into these, the next generation. I'm going, to, I'm going to go make a difference in somebody else's life. Why would I do that? Because I'm aligning myself up with God. Because I'm aligning my heart with God. And all of a sudden, purpose and meaning, fulfillment. Anybody else serve and feel like you, you, you get more than you give? And then all of a sudden, you're in those environments and God just starts speaking to you. Because I'm, I'm putting myself in places where people are aligned with God. Where God can speak and I'm aligning myself up with heaven. And so the question I want to ask all of us today, including myself, is what hindrances are in our lives that are keeping us from hearing God's voice? What are some things that are in the way between you and God? Because if we want to hear God's voice, we've got to remove the hindrances. The third thing we can do today is number three, is be content with what you have. Be content with what you have. I'm just saying one of the things that, that seems to be missing in our world today is this beautiful thing called contentment. Anybody else? I, I, I'm talking to me right now. Like, it seems like we always have to have a device. We're always scrolling through something. We're always looking. You ever seen somebody that's in public? They don't know anybody. 
and, and they're kind of uncomfortable, what do they do? Get their phone out. I'm just gonna, I don't even know what I'm gonna do right now, but I'm gonna act like I'm here. Who's done this before? I have all the time. It's my go-to, right? I'm uncomfortable right now. I'm waiting in the doctor's office or whatever, and I'm just gonna pull out my phone and look at something, right? Because I'm just, no, sometimes no peace, no contentment. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we're not comfortable with silence. Anybody else just turn on something because there has to be something going on in the background because we're just not comfortable in the silence, no contentment, no peace, Right? And how many of us know when there's chaos happening all around us, when there's chaos happening in us, it's really hard to hear God's voice. It's really hard. It's not that God's not speaking. It's just there's so many other things that are speaking louder than his voice. And so, but the, the more and more we become like Christ, the more and more content we should be in our hearts. Just to give us a simple definition of the word contentment. To be content means to be satisfied with what one is or has, not wanting more or anything else. Man, God, help us to be content with what we have today. Help us be content with where we are. I'm satisfied with where I am. It is well with my soul. I'm satisfied with what I have. And some people say, you know, just value where you are. Anybody ever told you that? But, but, but because someday, it's, it's like it's attached to where you will be someday. Like, like some, somehow contentment is the stepping stone to, to getting what you want. Just, hey, you single people, just, just be content with being single because someday you can actually get married and get where you want to be. But that's not contentment. Contentment is it's well with my, it doesn't matter what I'm content. It is well with my soul. There's a peace in my heart. God, if you don't do anything else, you've already done enough. If we never get what we're hoping for, we still have enough. If we never get that promotion, if we never get that bigger house, if we never get that opportunity, it is well, I already have enough that the journey that we are going on and following Jesus is knowing contentment in Christ. Nobody owes us anything because Jesus gave us everything. I am who I am by the grace of God. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm satisfied in my Savior. I'm content. Samuel was content. I just was thinking, man, that we would be content in our marriages. Not that we don't want them to get better, but I'm satisfied with my spouse. Content in our job. Not that we don't desire promotion or something better, but I'm content with where I am. Content in my finances. Not that I don't want some more. Come on, somebody. But I'm content with what I have. So I'm not going to live beyond my means. I'm content with, with my friendships. I'm content with my church. Are we content today? It is, a, is it well with our soul? Because I'm telling you, if we can find ourselves in this place of contentment in our hearts, where God, the noise will be canceled out and we'll be able to hear God's voice in a louder and clearer way. And with Samuel, he's in God's house. He's laying near the Ark of the Covenant and he's close to Eli, but he's aligned with God and God starts to speak to Samuel. And what does Samuel do? He pops up and he runs into Eli. Eli, you called me? And Eli's like, boy, go back to bed. I'm sleeping. I didn't call you. It happens a second time. And he pops up, runs into Eli. Eli, here I am. You called me. Son, get your butt back into bed. I didn't call you. Then it happens a third time. Isn't it interesting that the first time Samuel hears God's voice, he thinks it sounds like Eli. I found that interesting. He thinks it sounds like his mentor. 
little plug there. Then, then we move on. It happens a third time. First Samuel chapter three, verses eight and nine. It says a third time the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel went and he laid down in his place. I think it's just important to, to point out that Samuel was not begging to hear God's voice. He, he was content with being underneath authority. He was content and aligned with his, his life with God. And he was in a good place serving God in God's house. He wasn't, he wasn't going on this journey. This is, I love this part of the story because sometimes we can fall into the trap of thinking, man, if I just posture myself just this way and I pray just this right, anybody else done that? then maybe God would answer this prayer or he would maybe speak to me and I have to go through all these things just right to pursue God's voice. But I see here, Samuel wasn't pursuing God's voice. He wasn't begging for God to speak to him. He was under authority. He was aligned with God. He was content in his heart and God's voice came looking for him. Why? Because God wants to speak to us. God wants to speak to us. What we're talking about today, how do I hear God's voice? It's a great question because God's already speaking to us. He wants to speak to us. Even the better question for all of us is, how do I position and posture myself in order to hear God's voice? That's what Samuel is doing in this moment. And I just think it's so important for us to grab a hold of, especially when, I don't know if you've ever fallen into the trap of your prayer times. You come before God and, and a lot of your prayer time is just you telling God what you need and what you want him to do in your life. Anybody else besides me? And I go, all right, God, we'll do it. And please, and I'll see you tomorrow. Right? And that's it. But what if I just came and said, God, you already know my needs. You already know what I'm going through. You already know what I'm up against. You, you are, you, you've already gone ahead of me. You're already working, God. Even when I can't see you, even when I can't feel you, I know you're working. I'm going to speak that over my situation. And so even though I got a, a list of things I'm, I need you to do in my life, I already know you're going to take care of me because you're a loving father. You've already gone before me. So in this moment, I'm going to quiet my soul. I'm going to say, speak, Lord. I'm listening. What do you want to say to me today? How do you want me to respond to this situation? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening, which leads us to the fourth thing that we can do to hear God's voice. And that is number four is to listen carefully and obey completely. God comes to Samuel to speak. And what does he do? He hops up, right? He, he runs into Eli because he thinks his, God's voice is coming from the other room. In other words, he had the right intentions, but he went in the wrong direction. He wasn't listening carefully carefully. In other words, as we desire to hear God's voice, that we would listen carefully, listen to learn, not just listen to what we want to hear. You ever done that? You just heard what you wanted to hear? You ever read a scripture and you just read what you wanted to read? You ever listen, you ever listen to a sermon and you heard what you wanted to hear? First, first service people do this all the time. I want you to know that. I'll go in the lobby after first service. They're messed up, guys. Pray for them. And, and every so often, someone will come up to me and be like, man, that was such a good message. God spoke to me. 
about purchasing that boat that we've been, I'm like, how did you get that? I didn't even say anything about a boat. We weren't talking about Noah, nothing. It was the boy with the five loaves and the two fish, right? And you got buy a, buy a second home out of that or get a boat, right? I mean, you ever done it? You heard what you wanted to hear. We've all done it. That's why I joke about it. We, we've all done it. But, but God's teaching us, no, no, no. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. Listen to the voice of the Lord. God, what are you speaking? What are you saying? And then here's, here's the kicker. Obey completely. How many know it, hearing God's voice is only as good as what we do with it? I like to say revelation is only as good as what we do with it. When we're reading God's word and God shows us something, he speaks something to us. But if we don't do anything with it, what good is it? I mean, what good is it for us to read a passage of scripture? We see something. God says, do this, follow this, say this, whatever. And we walk away and we don't do it. What power did it have in our lives? None, because we didn't listen carefully and we definitely didn't obey completely. And so we see this in the story. First Samuel chapter three, verse 10. The Lord came and he stood there calling as, as the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And this is my challenge to us today that we would have the same response. Speak, Lord, your servant. Notice the submission. Notice the submission in his voice. Your servant. You're the boss. I'm not. You're the king. I'm the follower. Your servant is listening. What do you want me to do? And I'll do it. It's a bold prayer. It's a bold stance. Because what God tells Samuel in this moment is he says, I want you to go to Eli. And I want you to tell your mentor that judgment is going to come on his home on his family because he did not deal properly with his sons. And because he didn't remove his sons, I'm going to remove him. <sighs> what? None of my staff better come in this week and say, I'm taking over the church. <laughs> How hard would that be to go to this man who you loved, who blessed you, who this is, a, this is the guy that mentored you into hearing the voice to begin with. And the first time you hear it, you have to go and say, it's a hard thing. But he said, your servant is listening. I'm submitted. And when he did that, God removed Eli and elevated Samuel. And all of a sudden, a prophet was born. And God raised Samuel up to be an incredible prophet of God. He was there when the very first king of Israel was anointed, King Saul. He, he anointed the greatest king in the history of all of Israel, King David. I mean, God used Samuel in incredible ways. God spoke to Samuel in a way he didn't speak to anybody else. There was this closeness. There was this intimacy. And you know where it all started? Right here in 1 Samuel chapter 3. This man who was under authority. This man who aligned himself with God who was content with what he had, who listened carefully, but he obeyed completely. And he heard God's voice in a way that changed not only his life, but the entire nation of Israel's life too. That's what God, God wants that for all of us. I mean, God wants to speak to us. The question is, man, do we want to hear his voice? What will we do? Would you pray with me today? Father, we love you. Wow, we love the truth of your word. We love the story of this, 
this prophet named Samuel, who, who we discover even at the time of this story, he's 12 years old. God, what a picture. The first time he heard your voice, how it changed everything for his life. God, pray this over us today, wherever we're at. Maybe we're watching online. Here's our prayer, God. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. We want to hear your voice, God. Whatever you want us to do, wherever you want us to go, speak, Lord. We're listening. Can we make that our prayer today? Holy Spirit, how do you want us to respond to the message today? Maybe you're here today. You're not under authority. There's nobody who can speak into your life. There's blessing and authority. There's protection and authority. There's a covering under authority. Or maybe, maybe you need to align yourself with God today. Maybe there's some things between you and God. It's time to remove the hindrances. Maybe you lack contentment and peace. It's always on to the next thing. Always on to this. Always on to that. God would say, be still and know that he is God. Or maybe, maybe you not only need to listen carefully, but you need to obey completely. Speak, Lord, we're listening. Show us our next steps and give us the courage, not just to hear them, but to take them. As we continue praying together today, maybe you would say that you're not aligned with God. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, or maybe you walked with God at one point in time, but you've drifted. I just want to give you an opportunity today to say, God, you're first in my life. I'm aligning my heart with heaven today. I want to live for you. I want to know you, God. There's more to this life than what I'm living, and I know it's found in a relationship with you. If you need that, if you need to pray that prayer and make that decision, would you lift your hand to heaven right where you're at right now? Say, here I am. Here's my heart. Here's my life. I'm aligning myself up with you. And right where you're at, would you just pray this prayer with me? Say, God, thank you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to pay the price for my sin on the cross. Today, I want to align my heart with heaven. Here's my life. Forgive me my sin. Fill me with your spirit. Show me how to live. My life is yours. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen.